from high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Today's show, the Oilers bleed young talent like it's a never-ending free resource. It's a dangerous game. Trading Philip Roberg is a very, very touchy item. It's a sticky wicket, as the British say. What do you want in return, Mr. Holland, or is it Mr. Jackson? We're going to find out. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us, 833-401-1440. That's 1-833-401-1440. On Twitter, at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details. Plus, get up to four grand in Christmas cash. Wow. Four grand. Nice. Beautiful vehicles, too. Our guest today, Corey Lavalette from The Athletic to talk Carolina Hurricanes. Bruce McCurdy from The Cult of Hockey will join us. We'll have Jasmine Baird with us to discuss the Snowboard Big Air World Cup in Edmonton Commonwealth Stadium this weekend. She was at the 2022 Olympic Slope and Big Air, won at the Edmonton World Cup Big Air last December, and is looking for more. And she'll be in the community with us and United Sport and Cycle today. Also today, we have tickets to give away to our big event that Declan and I are attending this weekend. Looking forward to it. Declan and I are going to be at a live, live, on location. And for your chance to be part of a live in-studio, on-air segment, one hour on this show, where you can be the guest host, we'll ask you questions, you can't sell anything. We're going to turn it into swap and shop. You can answer questions, ask questions. You can, I I check this. I think he's okay with it. You can run your fingers through Declan's hair. Is that still correct, or did you back down on that? No, it feels good. I'm happy All with right. it. Maybe, maybe you can get a glimpse of, of Jason Greger's hair. Has he gone public with that yet? He has. He's okay. been very open with it on the YouTube streams. It's looking all full. Right. Well, it looks sick. fine. I told him, I said it looks fine, Jason, and then he said a bad word and off yesterday. And I was just being nice, you know? Anyway, we're going to be live on location. You receive an autographed copy of my book, On the Clock, plus join us live. You can bid on the chance to be a guest host and other Hassan and Auction items. December 9th, that's this Saturday at the Bend Lounge. 147 40th Avenue. When are we going to give away? We're going to give away three sets of two tickets starting today. When are we doing it? Right now, if you want. Okay. It's really up to you. All right. But I think this is such a perfect entry into the show. We give something away. People are feeling good, happy. The text line gets popping because of the question we're going to ask. I think it's all rolling. Okay. And I'm going to ask another question right after this, too. So let's let's do this and then be prepared with your buzzers to go ahead and give us another another answer about a question I'm going to ask you in a minute. Okay, here's your trivia question. For your opportunity to join us free of charge, even though you're going to be bidding as well. Can't wait for this. It's going to be an absolute blast. I haven't been out in public in so long. I mean, it's not like it's a big deal for anybody but me, but we're going to be at the Bend Lounge, 14743 40th Avenue on Saturday night. And here's your question. At the 2019 draft, in the NHL draft, the Edmonton Oilers chose Philip Broberg number eight overall. Who was chosen number nine overall? Number nine. Number nine. 
If you're a fan of Woodstock, the soundtrack, you know what I'm talking about. Number nine. Number nine. And if you like that Woodstock reference, maybe I'll sing the entire unedited version of Country Joe and the Fishes. Uh, what was the name of that song? One, two, three. What are we fighting for? Back in the day. All right. Text now. And Declan, you're going to choose the winner, and you're going to let us know. Yes, that's the plan. Who was chosen after Broberg at the 2019 draft? As I mentioned to you, Corey Lavalette, Bruce McCurdy, and Jasmine Barrett will join us today. The Broberg trade is rife with danger. It's like, have you ever driven through the old Fraser Canyon? Did you ever do that before the Coquihalla? And you're, I remember as a kid going, because I, I don't know why, but I would beg to sit on the, in the back seat on the, on the side where the canyon was. Uh, my brother was older, but he would let me do it. I don't know, I scared the daylights out of myself every time. That's how dangerous this trade is. It could bite him in the ass for years. And I was thinking about this because what, what will you do if it goes sideways? And so what I would like to do is tell you what I think is happening here. And then I'm going to ask you to give me a name. And I'm going to give you my name first. But first, I want to refer you to, have you ever seen that George Carlin bit? It's online. You can check it on YouTube. It's where he talks about his stuff versus your crap or junk. And he says, you know, I'm, I, I, I got a big house because I got all my, my stuff in it. But then I got to go, let's say I'm going to Hawaii and I got to go to Hawaii and I got to take only some of my stuff that I need. And then I get there and I, I'm at a friend's house and I got to get their junk and crap out of the way so I can put my stuff there. And I got my stuff there. And then we're going across the island to the other island and I got even less stuff. And that's what the Edmonton Oilers do. They change a manager, they change a coach, and they get rid of the crap that they see before even looking at it. You can't tell me the coach has even seen Philip Broberg. You can't sell. You cannot tell me. Don't try to tell me. Don't even try to tell me that Chris Knobloch knows Philip Broberg's game. He hasn't seen him enough. So this is just somebody in the organization saying, yeah, look, you know, ah, look, you know. And I understand it may have started, started from outside the organization. But Ken Holland or whomever can shut this down today and say, look, we're not trading him. And then he can go to home to Sweden or whatever happens with it happened with Jessup Yarby. But you you got you cannot give this player away. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You can't give him away. Because even though, you know, you might not value him enough to play him in any damn games, you can you you need value contracts, and he is one. So do not trade this guy for ten cents on the dollar. Do not trade him for a draft pick. Do not trade him for some guy in the AHL you don't want. This is serious stuff now. You can't afford to do this. You need a guy who can plug and play on your team now. So I want your best suggestion. one 401 Your best suggestion. Do it now. We're going to spend a lot of the day doing this. My suggestion is Arthur Kaliev from the Los Angeles Kings. I had him rated higher than Broberg at the 2019 draft. I mean, I really, really like this player. He went 33 overall. He does play in the National Hockey League. He had a full season in 21-22, scored 14 goals. Last year, 56 games, scored 13. This year, he's played 20, and he has six. Kaliev is going to score a lot of goals in his career. He's on pace for 24 this year. Maybe they don't trade him. That's my guy. 
I don't trade Broberg unless I get Arthur Callio. To hell with everybody. I don't care if he's not available. Fine, then I'm not trading Broberg. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you 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 have to have the courage of your convictions on this. You know, you I know you're going to tell you Holland made a mistake. Fine, Broberg still has value. You can't. They have. They. I just wrote the twenty prospects list. They don't have a lot down there. Dylan Holloway's hurt, and he is not scoring at a level that tells you he's going to be a top six player. Raphael Lavoie apparently is not fast enough. All the guys the scouts picked, the Oilers don't like. And the new management appears to dislike them all. You can't do this. It's too important. You can't blow this. And they've done so much well. Jeff Jackson hired Michael Parcati, smart guy. And from what I hear, Rick Pracy is a really good scout. I think Brad Holland is helping the pro level. This is a bad, 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 bad turn for the Edmonton Oilers. Arthur Kaliev. That's the that's the hill I die on. Arthur Kaliev. If you can get him, fine. If not, then, Philip, you go back to Sweden or you sit here or we'll send you to Bakersfield. And I know the agent is mad, and that's fine. But a mad agent doesn't mean an NHL team makes a bad move. You know, they waited on Poliarvi. They needed money when they traded Poliarvi. And that turned out they got the money. You can get as mad as you want about trading Poliarvi. They got what they needed, which was cash money or cap money, as the case may be. Toronto Maple Leafs general manager Brad Treliving says John Klingberg is gone for the year. He'll have surgery. Do you know who Annie Wilkes is? From Misery? Yes. Yeah. Do you think Annie movie. Wilkes works with professional sports organizations quietly? I would still say no, but I like where your head's at. Well, I, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I tweeted that out earlier, and I had to. Sp- I did not know how to spell theorist, to be honest with you. I thought there might have been an extra E or O or I. It's a tough one. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm starting to wonder. Like, it just seems as though, oh, we got to make a trade. We need a defenseman. Let's, it would be too obvious if we announced it right away. Let's, let's spend some time getting doctors to look at them. Yeah, that's it. And then we can go back. The only place that doesn't work here is in Edmonton, where they didn't shut Devander Kane down a year ago. Patrick Kane plays tonight for the Detroit Wheels. Very interesting. I heard... Don't know where I read it, but I read it to myself, and in my mind, I heard it. That if if Detroit isn't good, then Kane uh, can be traded this year. Like, they would send him to a spot he likes. More and more, that's happening in not just pro sports, but in the NHL, which is really one of the more conservative leagues. Crazy stuff. Man, crazy stuff. They shouldn't trade Broberg. I I know that's, you know, we're going to talk about what you think they should get for him. I just don't see this going well. Morgan Frost, Lewis Reichel, Oliver Wallstrom. Low tide, I would shut down any trade rumors and play Broberg a while until you know what you've got. Get his trade value up first. Well, of course. They could have been done. I said in October, I said, play him on October and November, play him Holloway and Lavoie, and then you know what you have in March and April. Now they, they still have nothing to trade except the 2024 first because they're not playing these guys. Play these guys. Play them. And I know what you're saying. Well, they can't now because they're in, you know, look, 
The Edmonton Oilers are playing Carolina Hurricanes tonight. We don't know if they're going to win or they're going to lose. But Connor McDavid's healthy. Matthias Ekholm's healthy. If they give up one soft goal tonight and they win or lose, it's not going to be the season. You cannot live on the edge. Is it Aerosmith that did that song, Living on? Living on? Was that them? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Well, you can't walk around being Steven Tyler all the time, living on the edge. I'll trade you Broberg for Dante Fabro. I want Griffin Reinhardt value. Okay. A goalie, maybe one from Columbus. Take a breath, LT. Broberg could still be in order for 10 to 12 years. Look, this does. I don't. if, If Ken Holland had said, well, the agent can say whatever he wants, we're not trading Philip Broberg. That's different. That is totally different. This isn't that, ladies and gentlemen. This is not that. There's great reporting from Ryan Rashog. There's great reporting from Daniel Nugent Bowman. We had him on our show yesterday. And he broke, for me, he broke the news. I was not aware of what was going on. It was going to be a very short-term thing. That tells you that the organization is on board. Low tide, are the autos potentially facing another decade of darkness after the McDavid era if they don't get the youth replenished? Well, of course they are. But this is what's going to happen is they're, they're, like, I understand being all in, but you still need value contracts. You still need guys making under a mill. And when you go shop Philip Broberg now, because it's out there, the agent is mad. There's all, oh, there's this, remember the Pogliarvi thing? So now you might have been able to trade Philip Broberg, but now Ken Holland can't trade him if he gets 10 cents on the dollar. You can't trade Broberg and the first for somebody that has Broberg's ability. Just play the guy. Honestly, this is not that hard. What about Alexander Holtz? Sit Kulak, play Broberg. Well, that is an idea. We'll talk to Bruce McCurdy about that today. No one talks about moving Kulak. The owners probably get more in a trade. It frees up a spot for Broberg on his proper side to boot. Did we get a winner yet? I, I have selected a winner. I haven't contacted them. I was okay. going to do it at the break, All but right. we do we do so, have our winner. So what you're telling me is that your girlfriend isn't responding to your call. She won, and you're not letting her win. That's exactly what's happening. Okay. No, I'll text them back right now, and then we can announce it coming out of the break. Okay, well, that's a good idea. Something like a Red Wing situation. Ontario Mom says, LT, the oldest drafting and development system is archaic. Don't they understand how this works? If you're handing out bad contracts and no movement clauses, you need to... Hit on your picks and make sure they pan out, i.e. Tampa Bay. Auto draft players then immediately don't like them. Not only that, they trade everybody. The, the, you're, somebody's going to blame the scouts today. I'm not blaming them. They have actually done damn well considering in the last 14 rounds, two years, seven rounds a year, they drafted seven guys, and one of them, the first round pick they drafted in the last two years, they traded away. Bo Aiki is it. Everybody else. Every other player drafted by the Edmonton Oilers during those years is like from a depth round. It's true. Reed Schaefer was a first-round pick. Bo Aiki, a second-round pick. Sam Johnson, a fifth-round. Nathaniel Day and Nikita Yevseyev, sixth-round. Matt Capone and Joel Mata, seventh-round picks. Holy Lord above. Let's get mad at the scouts. Come on. Come on. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. All right. I'm really looking forward to our next guest, Corey Lavalette. He's probably not looking forward to me asking him questions since I'm so animated today. But he's sports editor and Hurricanes beat for The Athletic. And 
He is also writing for a bunch of things. My God, does the man write for everything. North State Journal and more. We'll talk to him about the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm going to ask him about these two teams. One has top-end talent like you wouldn't believe, like McDavid and Drysaddle, And the other does not have that top-end talent, but they ha- they're lush with prospects and young players and good contracts. Hmm. Could we see a trade? This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, powered by Wolf GMC Buick. Joined now by Corey Lavalette from North State Journal and The Athletic. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, how's it going today? It's very well. I, I, I can't believe this because Edmonton Oilers fans, all they talk about is the poor save percentage in Edmonton. And Carolina is, Edmonton's 30th in overall save percentage. Carolina 32nd, so I'm assuming pucks are going to go in from the moon tonight. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I definitely think that the uh, that both sides are probably thought that things would go a little better in net this year. Um, but I think the Hurricanes have been much better, with with the exception of a, a couple a couple weird ones. The game against the Sabers, um, you know, where they. Barely gave up any. Uh, I mean, not against the Sabers, against the uh, the Islanders, where they were dominant and uh, gave up five goals. Had a bad night from Kachetkov. Uh, that Tampa Bay game that everyone knows about, where Antti Ranta gave up uh, eight goals on, on. I think it ended up being fifteen shots. But besides that, they haven't allowed more than three. I, I think you know in the eight of ten. So. Uh, it's been a little up and down with them. So uh, we'll see. I know both teams would love better goaltending uh, on a consistent basis. That's for sure. Is it, uh, it, it like, is is, is is anybody taking over? Is this situation one that they're going to address at the deadline? Or do they, because I know, like, I know Carolina is, they develop players and they usually have a plan. So what's the plan? Uh, my gut would say is that they're going to go with what they have. Um, just because I know that the team, uh, and I think I think everyone's come to kind of expect this that unless you can get one of you know three or four goalies in the league, everything else is kind of voodoo. You know, you don't know who's going to be good from month to month and game to game and in season to season. Uh, I know you know Jack Campbell was great in Toronto and has struggled there, and you know who knows he could come back and be good again. So my gut feeling is that, you know, they have confidence in the two guys they have right now. They have confidence in Freddie Anderson if he can come back. Uh, Pyotr Kachekov outside of the – and I'm going to assume he's he's going to play today. I don't know. There wasn't a – they did not skate this morning. Um, but uh, outside of that outside of that uh, Islanders game, I think he's been pretty good. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they, they love the young kid. They've got a commitment to him for – you know, three more seasons after this year at two at just two million. If you can get a starting goalie at that price, that just just helps you exponentially everywhere else. And they're a team that that you know there's there's always great depth. Whenever I look at the end of the year at the the Hurricanes, they just seem to have more you know twenty five thirty point players. Uh, everybody seems to contribute. Uh, sometimes it's up and down a little bit, and injuries have been you know impacted, but. You know, looking at them right now for the year, they have seven players over two points per 60 at five on five, and then Teravine is at 196. It, it, they, three lines seem to be able to score for this team, and that's rare. Yeah, and it's funny that the fourth line, which is, you know, really their third line, I guess, the Jordan Stahl line, is the one that really can't score, but it's the one that seems to go out 
every shift and, and dominate play. Um, you're right. I mean, the, the fourth line as it's constructed right now with, with Jack Drury centering uh, Stefan Nason and, and Martin Natchez is playing great hockey. I mean, Jack Drury is playing the best hockey of his career. He's been really good of late and now is starting to see results. Uh, Martin Natchez has had, uh, and I don't know if it's a contract year thing. He had a, you know, a couple of years ago, he, he didn't do well in a contract year and had to take a, a bridge deal. And now he's, in another contract year now uh, with, you know, he'll have Arbright after this year, but, um, you know, it's been a rough go for him. And then since he went on the fourth line, you would think, you know, maybe your head a little bit. Instead, it's been the best he's played all year. So uh, that certainly helps, especially when you're on the road and you don't, you can't dictate matchups. If you can get uh, production out of your, out of your fourth line. And then we know that that stall line is going to, probably muzzle down anybody who who they play against uh that's that's a that's a good sign for carolina for sure the i I always pride myself on on being able to within a few minutes because i can see natural statric and look up numbers knowing you know what the top pairing is but it seems like slavin burns and shea pesci are like in terms of minutes overall they seem to be pretty close well, again, I go back to the stall line, and the nice thing with the stall line is uh, you can put the stall line out there with maybe Slavin and Burns, and you have uh, a shutdown situation there. Um, or if you put them with, with Pesci and Shea, you have a shutdown situation there, and then whoever the, the, other, the other defensive pairing gets, they're also capable of being a shutdown, you know, pairing. So, yeah, they, they, they've really, you know – even with their distribution of minutes with the defense and even Jalen Chatfield and, and Dimitri Orloff, since, you know, Rod Brendamore's kind of committed to those two playing together over the last handful of games have been really, really good. Uh, Jalen Chatfield's an underrated player. You know, you might know him better than most just because he was uh, out in Vancouver for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but really uh, just a, can, can erase a lot of mistakes just with his skating uh, and then Dmitry Orlov, we all know what he's capable of, and his confidence is growing, I think. And so the defense that Carolina thought they had coming into this year is maybe finally rounding into form. Uh, but you're totally right. Like, there isn't really a first pairing. The Shea-Pesci pairing is great. I don't know that there's any pairing in the league that has played more minutes together than those two, and they don't even play, you know, power play minutes at all. But as far as playing together, I think they play the most out of anybody in the league uh, over the last few years. And then, uh, you know, Slavin, Slavin's just great. I mean, we know what he does with, you know, you can put him with an elite offensive guy uh, and he stabilizes it. He's done it with Dougie Hamilton. He did it with Tony D'Angelo the first time around, and he's done it with Brent Burns for the last, you know, season plus. Joined by Corey Lavalette, North State Journal and The Athletic. I wanted to ask you, I think we talked about this last time. I know we talked about Sorum, the young uh, forward who's doing so well. But I, I whenever I see the the Hurricanes... Uh, and especially look at their prospect list. I'm like, this is a team that that has you know great talent. There's no doubt about it. But they're they're a little bit opposite with the Oilers in that they have great talent and a deep deep system. The Oilers have elite talent and the system is not not great. At some point in time, a pressure point may occur here. Maybe even next summer with Leon Drysital. I I I get, whenever I see the Hurricanes and look at their their prospect pool, I think that this is a team ideally situated to maybe make a big trade 
I don't know that they would, or maybe they'd try to do a free agent signing, but they've got enough stuff. They could go out and get a big-time player here, maybe even any time they want, but probably in the summer. Yeah, well, I mean, they've tried. They've taken their, you know, taken their swings at Matthew Kachuk two years ago, uh, you know, made a run at Eric Carlson. They obviously made the Brent Burns trade. Uh, they're not shy about being involved in everything. Now, the flip side of that is they're also a team that um, doesn't want to they, – they, they establish what value is for a player they want to get, and they don't deviate from that too much. They're not a team that overpays uh, for what, they, what they're going to get. So maybe that's why they have so many assets is while other teams are saying, well, I really don't want to give up a second-round pick instead of a third-round pick, but when else am I going to get a chance to get – you know, insert middle six forward. Um, Carolina says, well, no, that's not what we find this player's value to be. And they, they hold out on that. So they've been able to keep draft picks. They're also kind of Bill Belichickian with, with moving down in the draft and acquiring more picks and then, you know, taking swings in the draft. They don't, you know, they don't necessarily make the safest picks. You know, Jack Drury was a, is a stable player that you probably could have predicted back then would be an NHL player, but maybe not a star. Uh, but then they go and, and take the swings on uh, high talent. And some of them pan out and some of them don't, uh, you know, Alexander Nikishin is, the, is a great example of a, a prospect that you get in the middle rounds that uh, looks like he's the top four defenseman. The second he, he steps in North America. It's interesting for me because I, I, you know, you you look at this team, and even with the goaltending, and we talked about it uh, at the beginning of the show. Even with the goaltending they've had, and quite you know, you you put it succinctly, it's not like every game is like that. They've had you know outlier games, but they're looking at a fourteen nine and one record. Uh, their goal share is plus five eighty two seventy seven. They're very good at the home. Uh, they're six three and one in their last ten. If they had a problem, uh, is it injury or is it something else? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, injuries can always throw things. And Hendrick Anderson has shaken the boat a little bit, rocked the boat a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know that there's a weakness anywhere that you need to, to necessarily address. I'm, I'm working on a piece right now for The Athletic about, you know, everybody, anytime the Hurricanes the shots and only score one goal, there's this uh, – prevalent theme throughout the, the fan base of here we go again, experience hurricanes hockey kind of, uh, kind of moment. Uh, but I, the numbers don't really show that that happens to them that much more. They're really, really good teams. You know, I, I've noticed that Vegas and Boston have similar numbers in that. Um, so I don't know if there's anywhere that they uh, need to address, but if an injury happens to your point or sets to go do something if they really want to. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun team, and it's an interesting organization. And if you're playing on it, I always swear at Tulski because he makes the draft last five more hours because of all the deals in the second and third round. Have you talked to him about that? Like, can he calm down one of these years? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, years ago, uh, you know, I was writing for SB Nation for the, the Hurricane site there, and he was doing his uh, – he was writing for the, the Flyers site way back mm-hmm. then and did his little uh, here's what it costs to trade in the draft uh, chart where he said, you know, this pick is worth this many points. And uh, if you go back and look at that, it still kind of holds true. Now you'll see that if they, if they feel like, and like I said, they're willing to take swings on guys that are, 
maybe flawed prospects that other teams are too scared to take. And Carolina will say, okay, we'll move down, you know, 30 picks and we'll acquire a fourth rounder next year. <laughs> Crazy. And, uh, and then use that fourth rounder next year to acquire a fifth rounder and a, and a sixth rounder. And you're right. I don't think they're going to, uh, they're going to slow down anytime soon. Maybe, uh, maybe after the, after the Vegas year, when everything gets centralized, they, uh, they won't have to, they'll have a little more time on their hands without having to travel to, to buckle things down a bit. Corey Lavalette, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Anytime, buddy. Enjoy the game tonight. Oh, okay, Corey Lavalette, North State Journal and The Athletic. Love talking about hurricanes. Not actual hurricanes, but the Caroline hurricanes. They're so interesting. You know, the um, Jordan Stahl has 102 defensive zone faceoffs. Jordan Martinuk has 97, Jesper Fast 91. And those players are around equal in terms of offensive to defensive. Like Stoll's 102 defensive, 103 offensive. But the rest of them, like um Kianemi, Tara uh Taravinen, Nikash, they're all Seth Jarvis is 137 offensive zone, 74 defensive zone. They, they're they're a team that that plays I think every angle and they're an easy team to cheer for if you like analytics because they are they're they're constantly looking for an edge at the draft and the faceoff circle all of that stuff they use stall like a ram and it's a hard job his goal share is like thirty three percent but he's effective at it and that line is they're a load you'll hate them by the end of the night that's what they do and they do it really 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 well on the way. Olympian Jasmine Baird for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. That's next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. On Sports 1440, that get the adrenaline going? Well, we hope so. If not, we have something that will definitely do it. It's time for In the Community. Christmas has arrived at United Sport and Cycle. Need something for an athlete or sports fan on your list? United has been your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. It's the FIS Snowboard Big Air World Cup Saturday. At Commonwealth Stadium, I'm going to tweet out right now, uh, photojournalist David Bloom had uh, tweeted out the other day four photographs of what they're doing at Commonwealth, and wow, it's amazing. Joined now by Olympic snowboarder Jasmine Baird. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, you are you feeling like pretty good coming back to Edmonton? You won here last December. Looking for more? Definitely, yeah. I made some great memories last year taking the win. And, yeah, that was my first World Cup win, which has always been a huge dream of mine. And to not only do that, but to do it in Canada made it super special for me. So, yeah, really happy to be back here. And it was a big build for you because you'd had the the injury uh, 2019-20 season. uh, And that obviously, I I don't even want to talk to you about rehab, but it's tough that you have the, the Olympics and then you won in Edmonton. So it's a build for you as an athlete. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, that injury was definitely a huge step back. And, of course, like, I was having doubts. Will I ever get back to where I was? Will I ever be able to, you know, progress and do my tricks again? And, yeah, I took the time doing rehab and that and got back to where I was and then started progressing past that point and then got to compete at the Olympics. And, yeah, like you said, my first win here. So, yeah, I think things are looking up and I'm always putting in the work and time and effort. So, yeah, and my passion's always there. I love snowboarding. So, 
yeah, excited to see where my career takes me. So you, you've been doing this for a while now. Are you constantly amazed at the level of competition and the young uh, snowboarders coming up, and the, does it get harder every year? 100%, yeah. The progression, especially in women's snowboarding, has been insane. Um, yeah, just every year there's new tricks and going down, and pretty much every month you'll see on Instagram someone else has posted a new trick that's never been done before. Another girl's putting a new trick down in competition that's never been done before, and it's just constant progression, and it's so cool to see and so cool to be a part of. So, yeah. So uh, your your first big win was in Switzerland, right? Is that correct? First big what, sir? Your first big, like you you won the bronze in, in Switzerland. That was sort of your, like that that sort of gave an idea about where you might be headed. Yeah, for Big Air, that was definitely my first uh, World Cup podium there. And the other thing that I have a note of is that, and I, I want to just check this because, you know, Wikipedia doesn't lie, but you were 18 months old when you started snowboarding at the Beaver Ski Club in Ontario? It is true, yeah. Oh, my I God. I <laughs> learned to walk, and then my parents threw me on a snowboard. Like, can't say I was, you know, going down a mountain by myself at that time. <laughs> Definitely had, like, all four of my parents' hands on me. But, uh, yeah, that's when I first dropped in. I was, been a minute. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I thought maybe your mom had her, her hands over her eyes just to maybe, you know, the the fear of it. But that's she was holding on to you, which is even a better idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. What kind of like you do? Obviously, the tour we've got where we've got you, you know, here in, in Edmonton this weekend, the big event at Commonwealth Stadium. Buy tickets right now. I go to exploreedmonton.com. So are you uh, is it is it like a community? You kind of tour around and you get to know everybody, all the other athletes? Yeah, we get to travel the world together, which is really cool. And I have friends from all over the world. And it's great when we get to see each other every couple of weeks at a different venue, different country, different competition. Um, so, yeah, we definitely made some great friendships. And it's always such a good vibe. And with all the other girls, like, we are competing against each other, but it never really feels that way. It's more everyone's stoked for each other and everyone wants to see each other do good and land and push the sport in general so we always have a good time of course there's always the pressure of competition and wanting to win every time but um yeah just being able to have that camaraderie and friendship and good environment relationships with everyone makes it a lot more fun well good luck this weekend and thank you for this we appreciate it very much thank you so much i appreciate it okay there you go that, that sport, I mean, honest to God, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, well, what's this doing? And then I'm like, by the end of it, I have so much adrenaline, i got to walk around the block. It's amazing. Snowboarder Jasmine Baird, we thank her very much. Uh, part of the Snowboard Big Air World Cup, Edmonton's Commonwealth Stadium this weekend. Tickets are available. And she won a year ago. So cheer for her if you're going. United Sport and Cycle, fourth-generation family, owned and operated business at the heart of Old Strathcona, and that's in the community. Are you? Have you ever done? I know you're a swimmer, and that's all you ever live for, and you hate cheese. But did you ever? Did you ever do that? Because there's, there's skateboards in, in St. Albert. I assume you went out there. 
I never, well, I don't get her to St. Albert much, but I never really got into the slopes. You're the only kids in Edmonton who didn't go out to that park, the Red Willow Park in St. Albert. I saw all of them. Every Edmonton kid went out there. Yeah, I was the only one who didn't. I was. Mm. I guess I was at swim practice or something, probably. Oh, I know, I like to ski. I'm not a very good skier. I never really got into snowboarding. Um, I'm, not a, I'm just not big on hitting the slopes. I don't know. Other winter sports I'd rather do. Have you ever broken a bone or tweaked a knee? Uh, not snowboard related. That's not what I asked. Yeah, I mean, I've broken, like, my hands before. Really? How? Yeah. Well, from boxing. You boxed? Yeah. Well, no, we've been over this. We've been over no, this. No, but, but, like, did you box before your swimming or after your swimming? After. I started after high school. Because I had nothing else to do. I was like, man, I got to go do something. I got to. What I can't did just your mom around. say? Uh, they never came to any one of my fights. But, you know, they were, you know, they were like, hey, go do your thing, I guess. But both my parents never, they never watched me fight. They never, they were just kind of like, do your thing, man. Do your thing. Well, they're good parents. I will say that about them. And you survived, and so they were rewarded. Yeah, things worked out okay. I still got all my wits about me. I I like to think I'm pretty clear-headed, no major injuries. So, you know, we're doing okay. I so wish I'd read this. Tide, can you ask Jasmine about her coach Sam's iced mocha addiction? Now, that seems like it's an inside item from Brad and Whistler. Brad, thank you for that, and I apologize for not seeing it. I would totally have done that. She was very interesting. You know, I was going to ask her because it is a question I have, but I thought I don't want to ask her because it's it's a, a question more for somebody who um, writes about the sport and observes the sport. You know, she's 24, and I, I don't know if that's, like, that's veteran, I know, because she's, you know, competing. She got hurt in 2019, so she's been competing at a high level for a long time. But is it a sport where, you know, like figure skating, for instance, often, uh, and I don't know about swimming, but by 26, 27, you are, you are veteran, veteran. Is that, is, I don't know about snowboarding. Is that the case? I have no idea. I wouldn't be able to, we should have asked her. No, I don't want to because I, what if she says, yeah, this is my last year. I know, know that would have been pretty depressing. Well, I don't know what the peak know. is. I don't know what the, I, I, I would imagine it's a younger person's sport. Like I think early to mid twenties is when you really hit your stride. But again, that's pure speculation. I would have, I would have, uh, you know, I, I mean, I peaked when I was 24 and it's been a long road downhill and really not really a road downhill i started low so it's more like a it's, i'm in the valley still is what happened with me so on cbs december 17th willie nelson 90th birthday tv special okay did you know he rode crazy yes of course i knew he rode crazy I'm the one who told you, probably. They thought they were going to pull a fast one on you, but you, they can't yeah. come at you with Willie Nelson facts. Look, you come to me. you got to know better. You, I want everybody on planet Earth to do this now, whether it's uh, Spotify, Apple, YouTube. What are the other things? Where do you get your music? Those are generally the okay. uh, the big ones. I don't know. Title, right. Amazon Prime Music, Probably maybe. steal your dad's records. But um, I want you to go type in Willie Nelson, me and Paul. And then I want you to just let that wash over you. Listen to it and enjoy it. And you're welcome. See, I do things for people, you know, and, and if they take my advice. Willie Nelson has looked the same age my entire life and I'm 50. Yeah, that's about right.
So we got a winner, right? We do. We absolutely do. Dwayne Wolfsford. I hope I pronounced the last name right. Wolfsford. Maybe he is our winner. He correctly identified Trevor Zegris as the ninth overall pick in that draft. And he's going to be joining, joining you for free at the Ben Lounge. Well, I hope he comes and say, says hello. Oh, I'm sure he I've will. You've got a people, sure people saying they, they bought books and they want me to sign them. Uh, and we're giving away a book. And that happens on Saturday. So I hope you can join us. We'll be talking about it more as the uh, week goes along. It's, by the way, at the Bend Lounge, 147th Street, 40th Avenue on Saturday night, uh, starting at 6 o'clock. I don't know. Are you showing up late because you're kind of a hero thing, you know, like big, big guy? Fashionably late kind of thing. Just saying. Yeah, we'll see what happens. What music are you listening to right now? I'm not listening to any music right now. What are you? I'm listening to you. Oh my god! I mean, currently, like when you go home. Oh my goodness! Probably should have put that together. I, um, I'm pretty big. You know what? I, I just stay very steady with my with my rap music that I know is slanderous and blasphemous it to, is to not some of our any listeners. Of but it is something old people have a hard time. I with. love it. Gets me going. Listen to it in the shower, also, in the car, pregame, whatever it is. Make no apologies. We were listening to stuff my dad hated. You know, who my dad hated was Tom Jones. My brother would play, my brother loved Tom Jones. And so he would play Delilah, and then he would play Delilah again, and then he would play Delilah again. And then he'd play Daughter of Darkness, and then he'd play Daughter of Darkness again, and then he'd play Daughter of Darkness again. Uh, and then she'd la- he'd play, um, and then sometimes he'd throw in an Engelbert Humperdinck. And then we would all have to listen to it because it was so loud, you know. And my dad would just say, that's it. And he called Tom Jones the screaming Mimi. I, I, I like Tom Jones. I just, like I heard Daughter of Darkness and Delilah way too much, you know. And it's not unusual. She's a lady was big too. She's all you ever want. Yeah. He said Din- Dina instead of dinner, which kind of ruined the song, but. Did your dad have a song or an artist that they didn't didn't like? Yeah, there's probably a few. I remember one Christmas I got him like a Motley Crue book. Oh yes, and uh, like he just said to me, he's like, "Yeah, not a fan." Really? Yeah, never. He's huge into music. Loves everything. Okay, music. What, what's his favorite music? His favorite music. I mean, he loves. Oh man, he who is his favorite? That's a great question. He loves blues. He loves he loves old time blues. Oh, like Robert Johnson blues? Yeah, he loves oh. Robert Johnson. Like he so, oh, we could talk about Robert Johnson all day. He, when you yeah. talk to your dad next, say the following. Okay. Hey dad, hey, if I tried to, if I spent time, how many Robert Johnson guitar riffs would I find in a Led Zeppelin album? Oh man, he is he will be the first one to tell you how that is the godfather of all music. And he'll just go down the line of artists that "Quote unquote," ripped them off totally. Yes, like the Robert Johnson. You would family. love talking to my dad about this. You guys could go on for hours. It, I bet Robert Johnson's family is probably owed a trillion dollars by England. Yes, you know from all the guys who you know looked like Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. Anyway, I'm getting into territory. Low tide. Could you get Mackenzie Blackwood for him? This is for Broberg. Would you make that deal if you could get him? I I. You know, I, I do, what they need is a player on an entry deal. That's why I said Arthur Kaliev, because Kaliev is, is he starting to blossom as a scorer. I know L.A. isn't going to trade him to Edmonton, but I want a guy who I can say, like if you said Arthur Kaliev is coming to Edmonton for Philip Broberg, I'd go giddy up because that's what they need. They need a plug and play. 
They don't need a hope and pray. They need a plug and play. You see, you can get the hope and pray all you want. I'm stealing Steinfeld right now. But a plug and play, oh no, you can't get those. That's what they need. I have a radical suggestion, keep Broberg and play him. Well, of course, but that's not how it works here. I'm actually genuinely disappointed in the Edmonton Oilers right now. I, I really thought they were going in a, a specific direction. I, I think Jeff Jackson was a hell of a good hire, and this just makes me go, it's just deflating because it's the same old, same old. Smartest guys in the room, Philip Broberg, we, you know, we already know what he is, making the call, that's it, and none of that is true. Philip Broberg... In the last two years, this year and last year, has a goal share over 50%. And I know he's not playing against the Leeds. But you can't play him as little as they played him this year and go, well, that's it. That's not how life works. You got to play the kids. You have 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 to play the kids. And I know they like Brett Kulak. And I know they like Vincent DeHarnay. You have to play the kids. You drafted him. Bruce McCurdy will certainly have words of wisdom. Maybe he'll disagree with me. I don't know. That's all on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440, and it's time for a sports update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, four games in the NHL tonight, including the Edmonton Oilers in action here at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. Puck drop for that one at 7.30. Oilers defenseman Matthias Ekholm admitted that he's still dealing with hip injuries that forced him to miss some time in training camp, but says he's feeling, quote, way better than earlier in the season. Calgary Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom is week to week with a fractured finger. He sustained the injury during practice on Monday, prompting the team to recall Dustin Wolf from the AHL. 11 games in the NBA tonight, including the Toronto Raptors at home against the Miami Heat. Tip-off for that one. 5.30 p.m. NFL news is Zach Wilson is back at quarterback for the Jets on Sunday against the Houston Texans. This comes only two weeks after he was benched and demoted to the third string, and Vaughn Miller in Buffalo Bills news was at the facility and will be available for Sunday's game at the Chiefs amid an, amid an investigation into an alleged assault. CFL News is Hamilton Tiger Cats announced that Scott Milanovic has been named the 27th coach in team history. The announcement comes a day after the Ticats shook up their organization, moving former head coach Orlando Steinauer to the president of football operations role and Ed Hervey to the general manager's chair. And finally, three games in the AJHL today, including the Spruce Grove Saints in Grand Prairie to take on the Storm. Puck drop for that one at 7 p.m. And as always, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.